Okay, let's, uh, let's read an entire psalm together, shall we? Praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who minister by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who is the maker of heaven and earth. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the, the, the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the power of praise in our lives and the power of praise in fighting our battles, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I was, uh, I was looking um, for some pictures to um, convey what my worship experience kind of was growing up, I, the, the atmosphere that I was brought up in. And, uh, and you know, I discovered that Google has no idea what all day singing with dinner on the ground means. Uh, it, it, just, it just doesn't know. But, uh, and while I wasn't actually at this particular meeting, because I don't know which one it is, uh, I definitely uh, went to my share of, of tent meetings, uh, camp meeting revivals, yeah, uh, folding chairs, sawdust, uh, that, 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 that sort of thing. Um, you know, people are wired differently, but I was, uh, I was wired for my spiritual environment. I mean, I've always been kind of... Uh, out there, you know, sort of, sort of outgoing, and that was certainly the spiritual environment that I was, that I was born into. Uh, the historian would call it uh, the 20th century neo-Pentecostal movement. We called it old-time religion. That's what we called it, and uh, and and it sure was. We had a song leader. The song leader. We, we didn't we didn't have worship pastors. We had song leaders. The song leader would get up and have the book, and sometimes the song leader would take suggestions which meant that the song leader had not planned any songs that day. <laughs> any of y'all got a, any, anybody got a, a, a request? That's what they, we, we can call it suggestion. Anybody got a request? You know, well, we want to sing at Calvary. Okay, at Calvary. Does anybody know what page at Calvary is on? And we'd, you know, find out what page it was on. And we'd sing the first, second, and last verse of, of at Calvary. And uh, we'd, we'd, we'd turn it loose. Uh, However, things didn't really heat up until somebody just decided to burst out and sing a song. And, and that would happen, you know, that would happen fairly often, and we'd, we'd all join in. And sometimes it would even be, give me that old-time religion. And let me tell you, when you got a bunch of people, especially a bunch of people who can't sing, singing, give me that old-time religion, things happen. I mean, you, got, you, you can't be still for that sort of thing. Uh, the music was infectious. And there were times that it was simply about the music, which wasn't necessarily good as I look back on things. I had a good time, but I don't know that we were necessarily praising God because it was just about the music. But, you know, that can happen with Bach as well as bluegrass. I mean, it, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, way up there in, in terms of rhythm and stuff uh, for you to begin to just get into the music rather than then get into God. The point is praise. The point is, is really praise. Now, we, uh, uh, we, we have a, a time in the service that we generally tend to refer to as praise and worship. We tend to think of, uh, of, of the praise, the musical part of the service being praise and worship. Two weeks ago, I, uh, I, shared that w I said that we're not to label people. When, people. when people walk in this door, and really, 
even outside this door, but for sure when they walk in this door, they're not Democrat or Republican or liberal or conservative. They're not communist and capitalist. They're not young or old. So, some of us are old, but maybe, maybe they are young or old. But, you know, they're not labeled. They have a name. They have a name. You, put, you, put a, you give them the dignity of a name and not a label because when we label people we rob them of their humanity and we also tend to make it very easy for them to be the enemy because they're labeled but when they have a name that's completely different but labels can be misleading in other areas of of, of life that's dangerous as well and we tend to call like i say the music portion the 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 praise and worship and that can be misleading uh, it's better than what I would occasionally hear it called back when I was a kid, which was the preliminaries, because it for sure isn't the preliminaries. I mean, it uh, service has started, people, uh, hopefully before you even get here. But worship is an action. Wor- worship is, is something that actually takes place. And yes, singing is an action, but there's more, there's more to life. You don't go through life singing, okay? There, uh, most of you are aware of Romans 12.1. You may not know what the numbers are. You might not even know the book, but you've heard the verse. And the verse simply says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. A living sacrifice offering our bodies unto God. When, when Jesus spoke to the woman at the well, and she said, now, our father said that uh, this mountain is where we should worship. You Jews say it's in Jerusalem. Which is it? Jesus said, it's got nothing to do with where you are. It, but this mountain, Jerusalem, the sanctuary, the store, has nothing to do with where you are. Those who worship him will have to worship him in spirit and in truth. That's what God is seeking. In truth doesn't happen one hour a week on Sunday morning. Truth is a 24-7, 365 proposition. I mean, that, that's, what, that's what truth is. It's, it's, it's a level of integrity in our lives. And so anyway, worship, worship is, a, is an action. Getting out of bed and coming to church is worship. It's not, I, I'm going to go to church to worship. No, when you got up on a day that you didn't have to go to work and went, you know what, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get... I'm going to get vertical instead of horizontal. And, and I'm going to go clean up, and I'm going to get in my car, and I'm going to go. That's an act of worship. That's, that's what that is. And, and you can certainly find a place in music for, for worship, okay, where worship occurs. But if that's the only place, if that's where you get to for your worship, it's meaningless as worship. Because worship's got to be something deeper and something more than that. From an Old Testament perspective, <laughs> you're going to love this. From an Old Testament perspective, the highest point of worship in the service is when we take up the offering. Because in the Levitical system, you brought something. That's why you came. You, you came to, to give something uh, in, in, in that system. Uh, praise is a specific type of worship. And it's not, yeah. you know, sometimes people kind of have this, this image of praise and worship. You know, praise is what you do to try and get to worship. 
wrong. Praise is like worship junior, worship light, wrong. They are two different things. And they're both very important in, in, the, in the lives of a, of a believer. Praise, you know, we're, we're, we're doing a, a series this first half of the year on how we fight our battles. And uh, it came out of that, that song that we often sing, Surrounded, this is how I fight my battles. And me, and I've told you this before, we'd be kind of realizing, you know what, that's a great song and it's got oil all over it, but most of the people singing it don't have any idea how to do it. And so we need, to, we need to spend some time talking about how we actually do fight our battles because it's not, it's not in, in the natural, it's not in the flesh, it's not the way the world would have us fight our battles. Praise causes a spiritual chemical reaction that is directly related to fighting battles. The battles that you're in, praise impacts the way those battles get fought, maybe even more than worship does. I mean, praise is the turbocharger when it comes to fighting battles. Uh, in the Scripture, the most direct example of that is Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was a king of Judah who had the coolest name of any king who has ever reigned anywhere at any point in time. No, nobody names their, their child Jehoshaphat anymore because it's too cool of a name <laughs> to, to, to give to a child, to, to give to a person. But uh, he was a godly king. But in spite of his godliness and in spite of his way cool name, the Moabites and the Ammonites and the Meunites decided to come against him in battle. You, you know, you can be godly, and there may still be a coalition out there ready to come against you in battle. Oh, yeah. You can have a cool name. And there still could be a coalition out there ready to come against you in battle. And so when, the, when this group came, up, came against him in battle, uh, they, had, they had an army that was so overwhelming, it was not anything in the natural that he knew he could stand against. So what, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, the, the, the bills are too high, the sickness is too, too far gone, the, uh, the army is too large. So what, what are you going to do? Fortunately, Jehoshaphat, Heard Barbie's sermon last week. And so he didn't Google it. He didn't go, what do you do when the, the Ammonites and the Moabites and the Munites come against you? How do you fight them? No, he, he guided it. He went to God. He, he got all of, it, all of the people together, and they had a prayer meeting. It says, the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. And they did, and, and, and Jehoshaphat prayed. He prayed in front of the people, and his prayer basically was something like this. Help! That was essentially his prayer. Any of you ever been in a wreck? Did you get a one-word prayer out? Or did you just get one word out? <laughs> Hopefully it was a prayer. That you got out. And if, the, and if the only word that came out was Jesus, I don't care what the inflection was, it was a prayer. It, it, God, God would count that as a prayer. So Jehoshaphat prayed to the Lord, 
And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah. And this guy could trace his lineage all the way back to, to Asaph. He was, he was a Levite. This guy had cred. And he brought, he brought a prophetic word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is, this is what to do. It's not, it's not a word of knowledge. This is, let me reveal, it's, this is what to do. This is the action you should take. And this is what he said. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. I, I am, I'm very cautious about using the phrase, thus saith the Lord. I'm very cautious about that entering into a conversation because for me, once, once those words come out, there's really no more discussion. The only, the only question then is, was it or wasn't it? And if it wasn't, then it needs rebuke because somebody just took the name of the Lord in vain. If it was, then better do what you just heard. Better do what, what just got said. What I have discovered generally tends to happen is there's no rebuke and there's no obedience. There's just ignoring. But when you hear, thus saith the Lord, ignoring is always the wrong Always the wrong response. Needs to, be, needs to be one of those other two. Well, the response from the Levites to this word was they stood up and they began to, they began to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice, it says. And you know, when you do hear something, from, there, there are things that we tend to go, oh yeah, this is what I believe, I believe that, I believe that, I believe that, and then when it actually comes to putting it into practice, we still say we believe it, but we don't. And what would have happened if Jehoshaphat hadn't believed it would have basically been this, oh yeah, listen to those Levites, listen to that word, that is great, praise God. Guys, load your guns. Uh, yeah, get your swords ready. we got to go out and fight this battle. That's not what you just heard. And so what Jehoshaphat did, because he really believed, was he said, I got an idea. God's fighting this battle. Boy, he's so worthy of praise. Let's get the singers and let's go out and let them lead us to this battle and see what's happening, see what's going on. So they, they, they got the singers together, put them at the head of, of, of the army that was going out, to sing, give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. You know, if, 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 the, if the enemy's coming against you with something, financial, physical, health, relationship, whatever, whatever it may be, there's a, there are a number of ways that you can fight it. But I promise you, the one thing that the, that the enemy does not want to hear in this battle is, give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever and ever. Because once the enemy's hearing that, what's he going to do? How do you fight that? What, 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 what can you come against that with? And so they begin to sing and they begin to praise and, and the Lord set ambushes. 
um, as so, it says, when they started singing, the Lord set ambushes against the enemy and the Moabites and the, and the Ammonites and the Meunites. That's the only, the only place they're mentioned in Scripture. I have no idea who the Meunites are, but the, they turned against each other. And when the army of when the army of, of Judah arrived, the only thing they had to do was gather up all the spoils because everybody was dead because, hey, the, this was a, the battle was the Lord's. He was, he was the one who fought it. Now, I, I do want to say this. I just want to throw this in because it's, it's, it's free and it's something we need to know. The enemy also uses that same method, turning us against each other. And if we do, the battle's already lost. But that's, that's what God did in this case to the enemy, and he's, he's a lot better at that. When they arrived, all they had, in fact, they had to get more people to come and help them collect the spoils, and then it took three days for them to do it. That's how big that army was that was coming against them. So praise. What praise does? There's three things that praise does. And the first thing is praise takes you out of yourself. Oh, Lord God, take us out of ourselves. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And I, and I, I don't think it's a stretch. Uh, I've, I've heard it said, and I, I can amen it. Praise the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And if you're going to praise God with your strength, that actually takes some type of physical activity to do. As a, as, a, as a child, I'd be in these services, and, and I learned to clap real loud when I was a kid. It takes practice to clap that loud. I mean, it really does. Most people can, you know, only do something like that. But, you know, I mean, you know, re really get in. I'd practice it because I wanted to make a lot of noise before the Lord. I grew up in a, in a loud family, and there were only three of us. <laughs> but those of you who know my dad... <laughs> You know, he used to say, preacher, people will say, preacher, God's not deaf. You don't have to be so loud. And I say, well, he's not nervous either. <laughs> Heaven's a loud place, folks. You know, now, you know, there's some, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that there's not a place for quiet and there's not a place for meditation and there's not a place for, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying there's also a place for loud. There, there absolutely is. Now, loud can be obnoxious. <laughs> but loud can also be encouraging and liberating. And, and I remember at, at, at the Lord's Chapel standing by Stony Fairweather. And the thing was, you know, I mean, I grew up in a rural southern Pentecostal church. And, you know, and I thought, hey, he grew up in Jamaica. And if you stood by Stony Fairweather, whatever was going on in your life, the devil wasn't going to be within 50 feet of you because he couldn't, he couldn't stand to be there. It, and it, you know, it, it would it'd light my fire. When we move, something inside of us breaks. Something inside of us breaks. And one thing that definitely breaks is pride. You know, now I understand. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm I'm getting older, and I remember my parents, and all, and I understand, you know, that not everybody can can boogie in the house of the Lord, and that's not how everybody's wired. 
That doesn't do it for, for some people. And so I'm not saying that everybody's got to do that. But something, something. Uh, you know, many, many of you have heard, heard me talk about the, the raising of hands progression. You know, you come into church, you know, you're not used to that. And you see these people doing that and you go, that's just stupid. That's so ridiculous. And then one of these days you catch yourself, you know, <laughs> giving it that. And then that sort of turns into that some point in time, and you may even get there, you know, before you finally get there. But it is a progression. It's kind of like a freedom progression. You know what? And, and let me tell you, that's worship. Uh, you know, praise is involved, but that's worship because I'm, I'm taking my body, and I, and I know, man, that's just not me. That's not what I want to do. But you know what? He's just so worthy. I got to get. I got to do this. You know? And you know what? That's praise. That's worship. I mean, that as much as this is, you know, because it, it, it's, it's that, it's that start. Uh, last week, you know, the kids came in and they, they did a song, and then they had movements to it. Let's uh, say, so love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And, you know, we said, okay, you know, everybody do this with the kids. Most of you did. And for some of you, it was the first time you'd moved in church <laughs> in, in your entire lives. But, but something inside, something inside began to break. Break loose. Those who are wired quietly, that's okay. But you know, you can still use your strength on Be Thou My Vision. It just comes from the diaphragm. You know, it's, it's got it's to come from there. Praise is not about feelings. Because it's not about you. You haven't really started praising until you press in past your feelings. Uh, praise, praise hasn't really begun to happen until you go... That song again, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Uh, I, and uh, my parents, I, boy, I grew up in, uh, the older I get, the more grateful I am for the household I grew up in. You know, I, I grew up in a household where uh, it just most every day, several times a day, out of, where, out of nowhere, out of left field, I'd hear, thank you, Jesus. Oh, bless the Lord. You know, I'm washing dishes and looking out the window. Bless the Lord. You know, and I, and, and I was thinking this morning, I was thinking, you know, that's what I heard spontaneously growing up in my household. I don't think, I think most kids hear other things spontaneously being said in their households these days. What a privilege. And we didn't have, we didn't have Spotify. We didn't have... Uh, you know, Apple Music. We didn't have um, uh, we we didn't, we had a record player. Okay, you know, we didn't we didn't have Sirius XM. We didn't have ninety uh, four FM, The Fish, or Way FM. But there was hardly a day went by when I didn't hear some Christian music in my house. Now, whether it was good or bad depended on if it was my mom or my dad singing. <laughs> But I, but every day I would hear something, and they, and there was, there's a chorus that they, uh, 
they used to sing that has really been resonating in my spirit over the last few weeks. And, and some of you would know why, when you, but it went like this. You can have a song in your heart in the night after every trial, after every mile. And here it is. Anyone can sing when the sun's shining bright, but you need a song in your heart at night. Anybody can sing when you like the music. Anybody can sing when you've had a good week. But it isn't about whether or not you like the music. It is, and it isn't about whether or not you can sing well. Two of the most powerful praisers I've ever heard were, were, were Phil Nelson and, and Kenneth Ware. And, and when Kenneth Ware would, would start to sing, it took a while to figure out what he was doing. It would take a while before you go, oh, he's, that's a song. And, and, and when Phil would, would, would lead worship, it, it was, well, would lead worship, he never, yeah, he did too. When, when Phil would start to sing, I mean, it, uh, it, it was better, but you, you, uh, you'd hear him and you'd go, I thought songs were supposed to be in a key. You know? But those tears would start rolling down his cheeks and his and his face would be turned up to where it's supposed to be. Yeah. And the presence of God would just enter the room. It's powerful. So it isn't about fast or slow, loud or quiet. It isn't about what I like or don't like. It's about God. I don't praise because the music's good. I, 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 I don't praise because I'm good at something. Yeah. I I praise because He is good. Praise exalts God. He is, he is worthy. He is worthy. Uh, and, but, you know, it, it isn't a matter of God going, hey, people, I'm worthy. Come on, let's have some praise here. No, it's for our benefit, you see, because we're so uh, immersed in what's going on in the world. We're so immersed in what's happening in our, in our little circle. And praise lifts us out of that and gets us looking where we where we're supposed to be looking. Praise causes us to see more clearly who God is. Really brings everything else into sharp relief, into, into focus as to what it really means. Praise causes us to realize that the battle is the Lord's. That's and, and that's that's the battle right there. Coming to that place. Coming to the point where we realize it's His. Uh, uh, most of you are aware that, uh, you know, Margaret has lung cancer. And over the last couple of months, things have been pretty hard. Uh, but here's, here's the thing. You know, and, and I know there are some people who go, you got to be healed. And, you know, that's okay. I mean, if that's what God's put in your heart, then Absolutely. You know, and then there are others who just kind of freak out and go, oh, no, no, this is, this is terrible. This is going to be bad. Uh, get rid of all the clutter. For us, it's just totally been, this battle belongs to God. This battle belongs to God. One of these days, we're all going to go home and, hey, that's really what we want. We just don't want to do it now. 
<laughs> my, dad, my dad used to tell a story. He probably made it up. But uh, this, guy was, this guy was preaching, and he was talking about, you know, going to heaven, and he was going, who wants to go to heaven, you know? And everybody raised their hand except this one guy. You know, and he, so, he said, brother, I said, who wants to go to heaven? Raise your hand. Everybody raised it except this one guy. And he finally said, brother, don't you want to go to heaven? He said, yeah, I thought you were getting up a load to go now. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I need to use that more often. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I mean, it, the battle belongs to God. It's his. We, uh, um, Friday, not this Friday, but a week ago, uh, she started taking a medication that they, uh, that they have. And uh, um, it, it had been great news when we heard that she basically had this, uh, this kind of mutation where they had this pill rather than doing chemo. And, uh, uh, and we thought, okay, this is, yeah, this is wonderful. Praise God. And we were talking to the lady at the insurance, and the, and the lady was going, she kept calling it a chemo pill. And, and Margaret was, was really kind of freaking out about it, and I was kind of going, Margaret, Margaret, I mean, you know, really any medicine is chemo. I mean, an aspirin is chemo when you get right down to it. Uh, you know, and she, and she went, See, her problem wasn't, oh, I'm afraid of chemo or this may happen to me. Her problem was, that's not what God told me to do. And the only thing I'm interested in is what God told me to do. Because it's His battle. Belongs to the Lord. Well, it turns out that, you know, we finally got past that issue and decided, okay, this wasn't chemo. And... uh you know, God is good regardless, whatever. So she's been taking this pill now for, I guess, eight days. Uh, it's, it's really been good. She's doing much, much better. Uh, it's probably still going to be a little while before you actually see her sort of out in the general population. But she was at church this morning in the first service. She was uh, meeting with, uh, with her cool church group. And it's first time she's first time she's been here since, uh, since November. Yeah. Praise God. Will, come on out, guys. There's, there's a, with those who are going to serve communion, come forward. There's a chorus we used to do that we just need to, we need to get it in our spirits today. Uh, it says, I made you too small in my eyes. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I believed in a lie that you were unable to help me. But now, oh Lord, I see my wrong. Heal my heart. Show yourself strong. And in my life and in my song, oh Lord, be magnified.